Welcome to the Smarticle Podcast, where we take a good article and make it gooder. Just as a gentle reminder, mostly to you, Brandon, <laughs> we are going through Faith Fridays. It's time where we take a little step back, a little reflection about God and the universe and what we're doing. So just to remind you that not any of the bad words that you normally would, talk about my mom and bad way, whatever it is, just give it a rest for Faithful Fridays. Oh, well, I would never, ever talk ill of your mother, so I'm not sure what that even means, but I will, I will endeavor to do so, Larry. Our good friends at the Center for Action and Contemplation bring us, of course, our Faith Fridays. You can find our good friends at CAC.org, our North Star, Richard Rohr. They're doing a series on the prophetic truth. This specific meditation that Richard talked about this week is called Big Picture Thinkers. Quote, what is a prophet? Let me try this as a definition. One who names the situation truthfully and in its largest context. When we can name the situation truthfully and in its largest context, it cannot get pulled into interest groups and political expediency. We don't want the big frame. No one wants the big picture. I'm convinced that Jesus' metaphor and image for what we would simply call the big picture is the reign of God or the kingdom of God. Consider things in light of eternity as a great clarifier. Maybe it comes to us on our deathbed when we think to ourselves, is this going to mean anything? Does this really matter? Is this little thing we're upset about now, taking offense at going to mean anything in the light of eternity? The prophet or prophetness prophetess, speaks truthfully in the largest context, Brandon. Well, I, that's that. You, usually, you you ramble on on God Fridays, but that was you were going to ramble. You're going to ramble the right way today. I think that that sums up this whole idea of being a prophet. I mean, that a prophet speaks truth to everyone, not just to one group of people. So MSNBC is not a prophet. <laughs> Tucker Carlson is not a prophet. They are speaking to a very specific group of people with a very specific intention. There's no truth in what they're saying. There might be nuggets of it, but overall, there's no truth in it. A prophet speaks truth to everyone, right? I really appreciated this idea. And I have I was just thinking this morning, actually, when I, I wasn't reading this one. There was another one that came out today. And I was thinking about these pastors that I've become friends with. And, and I was listening to an old one of our old shows about it. And it was like... Why I have a hard time with pr- pastors and priests and people in, in power and churches because I don't feel like they're very, very often that they put their egos aside. And when he says, if you're on your deathbed, right, yeah. and you're looking at your life and you're saying, what did it all mean? Your ego means absolutely squat douche when you get to your deathbed, right? It, when you are staring into the abyss, all the lies you've told yourself, all the things you believed are going to become crystal clear in that moment of like, what does it all mean? You know what the truth is? None of us know. And I, I really appreciate appreciated that he keeps pushing into this idea of what a prophet means. He even talked to he references Martin Luther King and he says yep. Martin Luther King was like civil rights, everything. When he started speaking about out about the Vietnam War, he lost like a third of his followers. When Rob Bell, who was this, this big mega church in Michigan, who it was like five thousand I don't even know how many thousands of, of people. He came out one day because somebody had written on a picture of Gandhi. Gandhi's in hell. Why do we have a picture of him up? 
And he preached a sermon. He's like, Gandhi's in hell? You're, you're serious? This guy, Gandhi, would be in hell? What did he do to deserve to go to hell? And he lost half his church like overnight. And so prophets are never popular. And, and yet they come at it from a deathbed mentality of speaking truth to people. And I really appreciated that about this, this little missive. You know, essentially what prophets do is just give us some context. And I feel like that's kind of the idea of how we're supposed to live our life in the long term, right? Oftentimes in America, me, kind of get wrapped up in the small things. But this is saying, like, what is the context of what you like, your, you want your life to mean? Is it this argument you're having with your wife? Is it someone cutting you off? Are you getting context for the bigger picture of what the whole journey is all about? That's kind of what I took out of this. Yes. Uh, this morning, <laughs> I was driving i i drive my daughter to school every morning and, yes and and of course people are breaking the rules and cutting no. people off on left and right and i get i just get viscerally angry at people <laughs> like more than the average person it has to do with control uh, and whatever uh. and i was driving back home and i real i i i had this sort of brandiphony if you will this moment <laughs> this moment of sort of clarity where i was like Ooh. it's never going to change nope people are not going to change it's, it's going to go on forever so either I change Ooh. or it will eat me alive. And I know exactly what it was. There's this, people are supposed to give a signal when they want to turn into the school to drop their kid off. Otherwise, you sit at this place because you can't pull out because you're afraid they're going to run into you. Pull and out, no Brad. one ever does. And I was like, literally, I point at them. I'm like, point at them. Give me your blinker. And I realized, <laughs> you know what? They don't give a blinker because they're focusing on other things, maybe getting their work day started, their kid to school. And I probably do the same thing sometimes. But because they inconvenience me just a little bit, I got, I got angry. I, I get pissed that this is happening. And I think that that is the last part of this idea of the deathbed thinking is where I want to live my, my life. As if tomorrow was the end, that I have no more time left. How will I live my life differently than I do right now if I don't have any time left? Do you consider things in the light of eternity? <laughs> I mean, honestly, just like you're saying right there, right? You get bogged down in your <laughs> carpool to school. Or do you consider things in the light of eternity? You know, I, I, this is a really bad example, so I'm going to preface that by saying this. People wonder why there are people with disabilities in the world. You're like, right. God, why would someone have cerebral pull? Like, why would God even let that happen in the universe? I think one of the reasons why is that we get to see the reflect, like we get to, that gets to be a part of the big picture. Like if everybody's perfect, you wouldn't understand how great your life good is, Right. I think like we pe we need people with cerebral palsy in our world to realize it's fragile. The the the, the big picture of, in the reign of God is long and big and confusing. So we need like hardness in our life to see that. My favorite book in the Bible, or definitely one. Don't of, say not, Job. No, it is Job, and I'll tell you oh. why. I tell you, no, my favorite part is. When, oh. when Job at the end of it is like sort of complaining, he's like, I've done everything right. You know, I've followed your rules. I've been this great guy. I've lived this, this holy life. And you let this thing happen to me, right? Now, the, the book of Job is a metaphor. But at the end, God basically dresses. He's like, were you there when I made the pillars of the earth? Were you there <laughs> when I gave the birds the, the ability to fly? I mean, do you understand? I'm just saying, going back to what you're saying about why people have disabilities, there are things that do not make sense to us, and we could choose to be angry at God, or we could choose to rest in the perfection of God, saying, God, mm. you know why this is happening, 
and you will explain it to me someday. I will have understanding of this. But I have, if I believe in a creator God that is good, and he talks about God being of love, that love is, it's not like, I love you, you're so cute. It's a love of the world, a love of every person. It's, it's not a romantic love. It's beyond that. It's this idea of all everything connected, right? The force, if you will. And so I think about this idea of God doing these things that we don't understand, but our challenge is to rest in the fact that we trust that God is doing it for the right reason. The idea we talked last week about Mother Teresa not knowing, not feeling the spirit of God for the last 25 years of her life. And she got up and took care of the, of the lepers every day anyway. Even though she didn't feel any presence from God, she did it. That's the point, right? Is that we do this, and some people would say, a lots of people would say, well, that's stupid. That makes no sense. Why would you do that? Well, we do that because we believe that that's what God has called us to do. Just the last thing on this, I feel like we say this oftentimes, you can't hear the prophet telling you about the big picture if you're too busy to be able to sit and hear the prophet, right? That's the whole thing, right? And so we need time to be able to, and who knows what your prophet will be. Maybe it's a sunset. Maybe it's your wife, whoever it is. I know we have different opinions who the prophet could be, but you, you, if you don't take time, you won't be able to hear the prophet speak. Yeah, and I think if you don't take the time to rest in the moment, and that's part of this idea of stripping away. Like you've often said, hey, you want to really know God? Give away everything you have, right? Like if you, if you, if you don't have anything, you're going to have to rely on something other than yourself. And I think that that's part of this whole thing. Giving up control of your life is the key. It's also the hardest thing to do. So I don't know where the prophets are today. I don't know who the prophets are today, but I suspect that there are people like Richard Rohr who we would say, I'm not a prophet. But in some ways, Richard Rohr challenging us to sit back and reflect is like a prophet. Brandon, I'd like to thank you for letting us go to school and go through the carpool process with you today. (laughs) 